Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mental Health Today. I am your host, Ken Stearns, and another great episode coming up. Uh, I seem to be on the really, uh, the interesting modalities uh, spirit right now. The, that's the, that's where I'm being guided. And and I and I just love this part. Had a really good one uh, around ketamine a couple of days ago. I hope you had a chance to, to listen into that really interesting company that's been around for 10 years. And I was, I had to say, I'm very surprised uh, there's a real ketamine company providing services to people for that long uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, our, next, our guest today is Kevin Ke- Kevin Canella, and uh, I mean Kevin, welcome to the show. Did I get the last name right? Is it Canelia or it's Canelia? Canella, Canella, Canella. It is Canella. I got the right the first time. Okay, go with my is gut. It, yeah, it's Italian, not Spanish. I'm sure it'd be a different pronunciation with Spanish. Ah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well. Um, Welcome to the show. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to be a guest. I, I like our pre-chat about, you know, how do we find each other? Not really 100% sure, uh, but you're in the mental health space. Uh, eventually, hopefully, the dragnet of the show will, will find you, uh, mm. especially for people listening. If you want to be a guest, you know, please do reach out. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Uh, the show is definitely easy to find. Uh, Kevin, this show will be up on on all the regular audio platforms after this in about a uh, couple weeks, two and a half, so three weeks. Great. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed looking at the website and seeing, you know, what kind of the flag you've planted. And I've had a few guests on so far with different modalities, uh, different, you know, around psilocybin or around ketamine. Uh, and one of the interesting things is the cost. You know, they're coming mm-hmm. out and it's obviously for for different reasons. It's not cheap uh, at this point. And so people, you know, but it uh, it's proven and it's really a lot of these treatments are very helpful. So and it puts the cost out of I think a lot of people like veterans for me, just one that comes to mind immediately. That's um, a serviceable, identifiable, measurable, serviceable kind of community. Um, so tell why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing uh, and what what you're trying to fill, and, and maybe we'll get a little bit about your journey. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, and just to follow up about the cost, I was just on a conversation on a meeting before this, and um, was hearing a wide range. The guy said fifteen to thirty k for MDMA when it rolls out, and I mean it's just Whoa. yeah. So you know, four or five years ago, I was hearing like 12 to 18 K for that. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're just gonna have to see what it is. But you know, with ketamine, we're more looking at like five to 10,000 mm. for a whole treatment. And even that is just super out, you know, for the most, for the majority of people, that's already very yeah. out of reach. I mean, unless, you, unless you're com- really completely disabled, then you will somehow find the money to try it as a, as a, Oh, but that's a lot of money to invest in in a yeah in a, in a single therapy. What what um, exactly is? Yeah, maybe maybe cover a little bit about what you the setup of, of the the thank you life and what you're what you're trying to accomplish. Totally, yeah. So yeah, uh, 
I have a nonprofit called Thank You Life. Uh, I co-founded with Dr. Dan Engel and we got our 501c3 status in December. So we're super new still. Thank you. Um, yeah, that took, that took a, qu quite a lot to get that. And um, <laughs> so, you know, we're really passionate about just this fact that we've seen psychedelics transform our own lives and just the lives mm. of so many people, including what we see in the research. Um, it just has tremendous capacity. I, you know, it's definitely not something that's foolproof, but it has tremendous capacity to help people heal. And we've seen it with our own eyes and we've walked it with our own feet. And um, we, you know, we really believe that people should have access to this and that something, especially like finances should not keep people from having access to this. Right. So, you know, what we do to try to solve that issue is uh, we give financial assistance to people who can't afford mm psychedelic therapy. So at the moment, that's really only ketamine assisted psychotherapy as that's the only federally legal thing. So that's all we're really working with at the moment. Right, right. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different um, and, you know, just like as a as a human, I, I'm really glad that there's like a lot of different movements and to just capture three, three of the broad strokes, you know, there's like the clinical route, which is like, you know, there's ketamine clinics at the moment. Uh, yep. There'll be psilocybin and MDMA clinics as policy changes on the state and federal levels with that. Yep. Then there's the whole, um, you know, movement that that's more just like, I'm an adult human. I should get to do what I want with my consciousness. That's more like the decriminalization movement. Okay. Um, and then there's some third movement. <laughs> I'm spacing on it now, but there's, to me, there's like usefulness in all kind of all the different ways that it shows up. But mm. uh, what the the very particular oh, the third one is more like community ceremony. And it's very much like the church movement, people starting psychedelic churches, which are okay. it's another 50 something designation. It might be like a 501c6, c8, something like this. It's a it has its own designation. Churches do. Oh, because it's a church. OK, I understand. OK, it's a church. But they, okay. they go this church route and and more get like a religious exemption to use a schedule one substance. And it's typically more ceremony style, you know, so community is a big piece of it. So, oh, very know, interesting. I like that. That sounds very nice. Totally. So like, you know, a lot of people, if they do ayahuasca, it's typically in that kind of yes, experience. Right. And right. then you've got like, you know, the like college kids eating mushrooms in the woods with their friends. That's like the decrim kind of experience. And then you have like, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Might've raised my hand on that one. <laughs> and then you and have a grateful you know, dead concert in the woods. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you have, um, you know, like a, like a veteran with PTSD getting into a clinical trial for MDMA and doing that very clinical route. So I think all three are useful. And I think we're in this position where all three are really getting pushed forward at the moment. And hopefully all three stay viable. I, I think they're all great options for different sorts of people. I think there's yes, um, a, whole, yes. a whole level of people that feel comfortable exploring it on their, on their own or, or with friends and that that's okay. Um, obviously there's risks involved in all of these. I think there's also people where like the, you know, community and more spiritual aspect is really 
calling them. And then, you know, for sure. And the thing that I've been a part of in my professional life is, um, you know, the, the, the more clinical context, which we can still, you know, it doesn't need to be super sterile. We can still bring in heart and warmth and spirituality. Mm -hmm. if People are interested in that. Um, but you know, there can be a professional there. There can be say an MD on staff. There can be right, trained, right. trained therapists who are not only trained in psychotherapy, but also trained in psychedelic psychotherapy. And a lot of these really beautiful, very technical, um, modalities that help move trauma out of the nervous system. Um, and so I think they're all useful with thank you life. We're really focused on the clinical model. We're really focused on okay. uh, facilitating people who want ketamine assisted psychotherapy at a clinic who can't afford it. Um, and we hope to roll out to MDMA and psilocybin when they become federally legal, but we're gonna have to wait till that happens. Hmm. How do you find, so you're in the process of kind of, I mean, you'll have to have a, um, some sort of a list, right? You'll have a state by state list or wherever it's legal that people can get the ketamine, the, the, the assisted, right. The assisted treatment. So you're going to, so, you've got a network, you're working on a network and then you'll have some kind of an onboarding or a qualification system set up at some point for, for people who want to apply. Totally. Totally. So that's mm. a bit of like, we're, what we're building out. We already have 40 different clinics on board. They're all super excited to work with us for kind of obvious reasons. I think a lot of therapists who get involved in this work do so to help, you know, the, the, those of us who are struggling the most. And unfortunately the cost makes this only available for, you know, the affluent and there's plenty of affluent people who are also miserably suffering. Um, but it also, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, there are sure there are, but, um, so it's just a really easy, you know, pitch to the clinic to just say, hey, we can enable you to work with people who you have really wanted to work with, but haven't quite been able to. Um, right. so, so that was easy to build out the, the provider network. We can, you know, I think there's a lot more providers we can grow into. And for us, really, that's just about getting our fund, like really building out our fund so we can actually right. start servicing all the providers that we already have. Um. So you're also asking yeah. about like building out our list. So <clears throat> basically just yes. the way we're rolling it out at the moment is uh, it's really project-based. And so what I've been saying to my team is I really see us as this platform that I want anyone to be able to plug into, whether they're a clinic that works with a certain population or, um, you know, like a community organization. There's one uh, called New Earth out of LA that we partner with. Um you know, so whether you're a community organization or a clinic, I want you to be able to come to Thank You Life, plug into us and use us as this platform to help facilitate people mm. getting this transformational work. Um, Interesting. And so what that rollout has looked like for now, which at the very least makes sense for just how large we are at the moment. And we're just trying to roll this out slowly with, you know, the resources that we have at the moment is um, to really like get proposals for pro particular projects from different clinics and community organizations and mm. then try to get those funded like one at a time. And, you know, that there's a bit of like a discrete nature to those. It's a bit more concrete for us to say, okay, it, it just has some more bounds around it that 
make it easier to get funded and make it easier to kind of to execute and roll out. Um, and so one thing, um, one thing that we're looking at specifically too is group ketamine experiences. And I would say this is just something that's um, fairly innovative and there has been a ton of research around it. Uh, but, you know, anecdotally, most of the clinics that we work with talk about how, you know, it makes it more cost effective and they see it still be tremendously effective. And it has, you know, I would say like the kind of, um, you know, the, the cost versus like value, the extra value is this community piece and the, the cost is less individual work. So someone with more trauma might want that individual model. Um, but there's a lot of people who, you know, okay. group can just make it a lot more cost effective. So, and that's a different, that's a different, it's not the drip Then maybe they're taking what the spray or lozenge for the group treatment. <laughs> yeah. So I would say most of what we're working with, with clinics is lozenge and I am intermuscular. And you're doing the, um, I, Oh, you're doing the inner muscle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Cause the, yeah, shot, the drip is very expensive, right? I don't think it's, or, well, I mean, yeah, it's typically, it's typically six, $700 at least, but, um, that, yeah, not necessarily any more expensive than I am or anything else. Okay. 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 So um, we're, yeah. just to give some delineation there, you know, there's ketamine assisted psychotherapy and then what we might just call like ketamine therapy without the psychotherapy aspect. So, you okay. know, there's a lot of infusion clinics that are run by anesthesiologists Yes. Um, and nurses, and they don't necessarily have therapists on staff. And so sometimes mm. you're really just paying for the ketamine. They put you in a room with the ketamine. They still might give you an eye mask and earbuds, but they don't have anyone really facilitating the experience or doing any prepper integration with you. Ooh, um, that sounds so, a little scary. Yeah. I think <clears throat> again, you know, with like the many approaches, like I don't want to really shit on, I don't know if you can curse on this podcast, but I don't, I don't really want to like shit on any of these, but we're not looking to work with those people. I still think tons of people get benefit from that, but it's also, once again, not for everyone. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I could, I think if you are a person who has done other psychedelics, probably you could do that alone without a lot of, you know, you won't, cause you'll know what to expect and you'll, you'll be very comfortable in this process. Yeah. I, I, I could see where that I could, there's a market for that. Yeah, at first thought, I was like, "That sounds a little scary," but I'm like, "No, actually, it's it's actually yeah. you know more scary taking a couple of buttons and running around in the in the woods." <laughs> so yeah, exactly right. So it's like we also have to keep in mind what we've played with, but then it's also like we we need to be responsible as we try to suggest to you know the public and to the country at large what what a good idea is. So yeah, yeah, there's a a bit of a balance there. Anyway, to say though, we're really not looking to work with infusion clinics. We really want to work with CAP clinics, ketamine assisted okay. psychotherapy. I understand. Um, which is like, yeah, they got the therapist in the room. Again, the therapist has the kind of training that I was mentioning, mm -hmm. a bit a bit more like just like technical training to really facilitate and help the 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 client integrate these experiences. Have you, I mean, Kevin, just an, as an idea as you're kind of kind of fleshing out your plans. Um, have you met some of these other organizations who might have funds to send some of their members to you guys? 
you know, so as a way, like you said, project, there might be already funds out there in some of these organizations where it might already be designated for some sort of treatment. And, and maybe it's a matter of getting a couple of ketamine treatments in to see the results and people would, you know, then they could earmark real money. Um, yeah, that, Ohana, that's a great there's, idea. Yeah, there's a, I, I interviewed a, a foundation called the Ohana Foundation and it's a, it's a small, but I mean, just that kind, there must be hundreds of those around the country. Uh, it's a small Ohanu or Ohana Foundation, and it's it's all about um, veterans. And you know, these are a lot of these foundations. They've got some money, or they're they're you know they're grinding away with the federal government trying to help their their people. And anyway, just a thought that is a yeah. is another approach. Um, there are yeah, we, instead of you you could walk into the money, the funding as opposed to re- starting it from from scratch. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great idea. And I would say, you know, we've been looking at partnering with community organizations like that. Yes. Yeah, that's um, what kind of struck that. Yeah, that, that memory. we haven't like the, you know, New Earth, they don't necessarily have their own budget that they're able to allocate for mental health treatment for their right. their clients. So but that's a, I mean, if we could find that, that would be. Yeah, it would just facilitate. Yeah, some funding. Yeah, yeah, the money's there. They're and they're they're maybe they're looking for a way to find treatment, you know, in a in a kind of a, a national way. And effective consistent. treatment too. Yeah, an effective treatment. And and you've got you're adding the psychotherapy element to it. You're gonna have you'll show results. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So I, I think that's just like a kind of big thing happening in general is I think since COVID, COVID really I think mental health was getting a huge push into the zeitgeist, so to say, even before mm-hmm. COVID. And then yes. I think COVID just really blew that out of the water. And and I would just say it's it's just very substantially in the zeitgeist now. I, uh, I'm i an NBA fan and, and follow the Denver Nuggets because I, I spent some years in Denver. And this year they had uh, two different... Um, you know, th- like online therapy sorts of things, specifically for men. One of them is called man therapy, I think it's called. Another, another is called Sondermind, but they were, you know, focused on therapy for men. It's like, I was not seeing that five years ago, 10 years ago. No, no, that's um, absurd. They, they would have laughed. They would have had a giggle on that all day long five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, it's just really great that, 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 that sort of movement is happening. And mm-hmm. then what we see from there is that there's a lot of money that, you know, governments have to put into programs. Um, and a lot of community foundations that we look at, they, you know, it, it, it's one of the maybe top three to five things that we consistently see is like, of their focuses is like, it might be like homelessness, uh, food, you know, food security and mental health sort of stuff. Um, you know, climate is often up there, but you know, mental health has just become a a really big one. And I think in terms of getting that kind of funding for ourselves, we're, uh, hopefully we're just really one of the, um, you know, the kind of ones pioneering that, so to speak, but there's still, I think a, a, a bit of a gap there. And I, I think what we're going to find is these, the, whether it's government or, or community foundations, they're not going to, 
they're not going to really be getting the results that they really want to get. And hopefully that, that will help them open up to the possibility of, of using psychedelics to really help people heal. The way I've looked at it yeah. is that like, and I mean, I, I think therapy is great. I, I am not a huge fan of things like SSRIs. Um, you know, the, there's some research that shows how they're just as effective as a placebo, which is outright outrageous. Um, so I think just the big kind of issue of our time is that pharmaceuticals and just like the typical mental health treatment, especially in like a community agency is just not helping people actually heal deep trauma. At, it's either not, I would say it's in one of three camps. It's either hurting them. It's either doing nothing and they're just getting put through a system or yeah. um, it's helping. Ideally it's like helping them with coping mechanisms and they get something out of it. And, and, and it gets to be a, a nice bandaid that probably helps improve their quality of life substantially, but it, but as a bandaid, right. it's not, it's not actually. And like, let's be clear. It's not like, we can just give that to everybody. It takes a lot of, it takes a big container to really facilitate taking somebody back into like some really scary, you know, trauma that they might have and, and, and helping them right. go through a process of healing that. But that, that is ultimately, I think what we want to be helping humans with, not just giving them band-aids. And I think psychedelics can facilitate that for sure. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I'm, I think the these the heavy duty drugs there there there's going to be some people who are at some point chemically or some kind of a balance right I agree like a third of people are really getting some relief but I, I I agree there's a good chunk of percentage of people where we are they have trauma and we just can't articulate it or they can't really we can't articulate what's going on to say this is trauma it's not an imbalance <clears throat> yeah I don't know what that percentage is but I I'm the medical industry is unfortunately tasked with treating the outcomes and the, and the symptoms of mental illness. A lot of mental illnesses, right? Cancers, heart attacks, <laughs> all kinds of stuff is, is, is related to the stress we've got and our inability to handle things and traumas built up. And this is how the body is kind of breaking down. And so the same applies to, to, you know, pharma trying to solve, you know, trying to fix this big brain, you know, chunk of brain in our, in our, and also even the body where the trauma kind of apparently sits, you know, in our, in our cell memory. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to think that we're only just a little bit old in the pharmacy era, but we got thousands of years and, and the treatment we're trying to get approved by the drug, by the, by the authorities, you know, something that exists in nature. We're trying to get it, we're trying to get it legalized, but stuff we can, you know, we can make in a, in a, in a 1700, 170 step process that requires 250 patents. Um, <laughs> that's somehow going to work. Yeah. Or just better. some mushroom that grows out of cow shit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, that's no one can make money at that. Um, Exactly right. Exactly. I I mean I'm I'm going to start to uh, 
I'm going to start to interview some some pharmacy people, some people in that in that side of the business. I mean, I really want to learn what they, you know, how they look at it because I'm sure they have a very interesting view and I'm, you know, I'm I'm fascinated by it because it is they've got that hard job. Right? They're tasked of trying to fix the brain, you know, with their drugs. Um, you know, that can't be easy. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see some of the drugs we've got have been around forever. And I don't know what new stuff has been invented. I'm curious to learn. I mean, I, I have a feeling that's a rabbit hole for like two months mm. going yeah. into the pharmacy stuff. Yeah. So what, my first job out of grad school was working at a clinic for people with severe mental illness. So, you know, we're talking about like schizophrenia, schizoaffective. Yeah, this is where I would think you would, the the SSIs would would work or, and maybe this, is this trauma caused or? Yeah. So it was a lot of that. It was also a lot of bipolar with psychotic symptoms. So just fundamentally people who are like having psychotic breaks needing to be put in the hospital for some amount of time because the psychotic break is causing them to be a danger to themselves yeah. or others. Yeah. And then when they stabilized enough to be able to leave the hospital, sometimes okay. they would come to this um, like basically just community house where they could, you know, okay. live and kind of begin to reintegrate. So they were more stabilized than, you know, needing to be hospitalized, but uh, you know, they were all on, some of them were on like three to five, but most of them were on like 10 to 15 different drugs. And, and it's just, it's wild. And it's, it's weird to watch a psychiatrist try to figure it out. I will say on one hand, they're great at their job. On another hand, I think it's all just set up in a really messed up way. Cause I don't think we do fully understand, which I think is part of it, where those symptoms come from. Yes. Um, Agree. I think there's one emerging theory from not only like kind of the psychedelic background, but also let's say, call it like the sensory motor sort of background, a lot of somatic based therapies um, that the root of a lot of this stuff is fundamentally trauma. I don't know that trauma encompasses everything. I think, you know, I imagine there is some sort of genetic component. Um, but I think like the, this, I, I don't think we can, I don't think medically we fully appreciate the stress on a, like a unborn baby and a born infant and how sensitive their system is and how I... one like you know uh, I, I think an, an infant can experience abandonment if their mother takes a shower so it's like there doesn't need to be egregious <laughs> egregious shit that happens right 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 it um, could be like a normal mom trying to do her best job and exactly. it's still traumatic right yeah because it's like you know if the infant is alone they don't they don't have the conceptualization oh i'm alone in the kitchen to them they're just alone in the void essentially and yes what our programming is more like is like yeah we're alone in the woods which means like we're gonna go get eaten now yes if if mom's not here there's shit around that's just gonna come eat me um and that's not fully thought through by the infant but it's like that's the state that they go into is just like a uh like a fear state um 
so yeah to go back to the trauma piece i like i definitely can't say for sure that it's all from trauma um but i think that is something that is emerging is you know, I, I think people are more comfortable saying that with what we would call like afflictions of the nervous system, which is like PTSD, depression, anxiety, mm. these sorts of things. It's that is like much more clearly all trauma. I think things that are a little bit more intense and what we might say like deeper structurally personality disorders and some like, you know, psych psychotic uh, symptoms you know, most of the people that came through that, that place that I worked had a lot of trauma. Um, I can't claim to know how it all works, but so, you know, it, it might be something that like, and, and you know, it, it seems quite clear that schizophrenia has some sort of genetic component. Um, the way that it can kind of pass through uh, families. Although at the same time, I always say like, you know, the, the other end of the coin with that is that, you know, things are passed down through um, like things are passed down behaviorally too. So I don't know how exactly to pick apart, um, you know, what is like uh, how we like learn to deal with emotions behaviorally versus like what is like a genetic thing. And and where does where does alcoholism fall yeah where does that? where does it end <clears throat> so i think we're in a good spot to kind of to wrap it up um and i think because i think the i think i've got what i need this is a really you've got an interesting idea uh, or an interesting company it's not an idea anymore um i'm talking to a health I'm talking to some regional, like large health, like health companies. Um, and I'll start to talk to hospitals, you know, directors and hospital people. I also see this kind of a service, you know, even for, for hospitals to be able to find places or hospital networks. I think, you know, just keep building. I think you're, you're onto something for sure. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. How about some, any, some thoughts to how do people find you? How do they get involved? Um, yeah. Um, I would say, you know, the, the biggest piece that we need support with at the moment is funding. We, we need mm. more uh, actual donations for people to get put right. through. Um, one big project that we're funding at the moment is partnering with uh, Rainfall Medicine out of Oregon. And we're okay. going to put uh, 10 to 12 veterans through a program there. Um, so we're trying to raise about $30,000 for that. So if uh, anyone listening feels called to mm. support us in any sort of way, please feel free to reach out. Um, you can contact us through our website. You can uh, email me directly at kevin at thankyoulife.org. Um, mm. We have a great little Instagram page. Um, if you want to check us out, I think that's thankyoulife underscore fund. Um, I'm already following. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I was already, uh, uh, I was one of the first thing I saw that and I'm like, oh, I'm an Instagrammer. <laughs> great, great. But yeah, I would say, um, you know, that that's a bit of what we're up to. We're, you know, ideally, we'd love to really just like roll out the, um, you know, kind of open the fund up to the public. But, you know, yes. we're, we're really going to need some big funders to to be able to make that happen. So, you know, 
if you're out there and, and, and got some big pockets and really, you know, believe in helping others heal who can't afford it, but have the trauma, you know, we have, yeah. we have the clinicians, we have the providers, we have the clients who need this work. Uh, you know, we, we just need some, some cash to make sure that the providers get paid what what they deserve to get paid. So yeah, please, yeah. Uh, please come help us fulfill this mission. It's a great, Kevin, it's a great mission. And, and I think you're in the right place at the right time. You'll find, you'll find that support. I mean, it, it, it'll find you. Mm. Um, I think the veterans is a great place to, you know, I think that what you're doing with the veterans and that's probably, that's why it's one of your, you know, one of your first projects. It just makes sense. Um, you know, ketamine works on, on especially this kind of PTSD stuff mm. and it's such a worthwhile cause people can get emotional about veterans and helping support other veterans can help support other veterans. I think it's a great, it's a great, really easy niche place to, to play. Mm, totally. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, I'll also give a shout out to uh, Wilhelmina De Castro with integrate. Um, she's out of San Diego, California. And um, that was actually our first group that we got funded and that's primarily oh, that's focused so cool. on, uh, the BIPOC and the LGBT communities. So two other communities oh, that are just okay. like really, really important to us. Um, you know, all, all three of them need tremendous support. And uh, yeah, so just just wanted to give a, a brief shout out yeah. to, to them too. And um, yeah, th- th- thanks for taking the time with, with me, Ken. I, I really appreciate it. It's great stuff, Kevin. And if anybody's, you know, again, trying to find Kevin, you know how to find him uh, or through me. And, and I think, like I said, you're in the right place at the right time doing doing good stuff, Kevin. I, I would imagine the money will find you. Mm. Um, thanks, any, any, you know, everybody for listening to this to this episode. You can find all the shows on all the, the platforms under Mental Health Today. Same for you, Kevin. Hang around, Kevin. Uh, I'll be back. We'll be back. I'll see you on the other side in about 30 seconds. Appreciate it. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from Ooh. the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I took eye with a man.